Again. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <sighs> Welcome to our episode five of what is the show called? This is the part I don't get. Yes. I'm Bay. I'm Jay. And this is our podcast. <laughs> Clearly, we don't know what to say. <laughs> I actually I actually forgot it was number five, and when I was saying it, I was saying it kind of slow, just in case. <laughs> you were looking at me to be like, make sure we said the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes, thank you for coming back and listening to us one more time. Hopefully, well, hopefully it's more than just one more time. And we've got two new topics, and I honestly cannot remember... I think you went first. Yes, I believe I did last week. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> well, sure. I'm a little. I'm. I was second guessing. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> I was second guessing my topic like the whole time. So hopefully, Uh-oh. hopefully you can't mine... second guess. You got to go in. You got to go in all in. Well, I wanted to do it, and I, I was too lazy to think of anything else. So this I, is kind of what I feel you. What it ended up with, but mine is kind of like something that is is easily explain like visually like if you look at a picture so maybe we can post some pictures on the Facebook page after this to kind of like give people like a little bit of an extra behind the scenes yeah um of this and what is our Facebook page this is the part I don't get all right that's that's pretty easy to remember yeah literally there's a picture of a cat and I don't think there's any other pages with that name so (laughs) So it yeah. should be easy to remember. Yeah. And we will post tonight's episode on there. And, you know, we post other weird stuff that we find. So yeah. check it out if you haven't. Check it out. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's get to it. Okay. All right. I'm like a little nervous for this because I'm... Oh my I'm, God, you have an essay over there. Shut <laughs> up. It's not an essay. As she, as she pushes down her laptop so can <laughs> see. I can't read anything. Okay. 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 Are, are you ready to listen? I'm listening. Okay. I'm always listening. Um, have you ever heard of, I sincerely doubt you have, but have you ever heard of the Afterglow Vista? I'm sorry, say that again? <laughs> Afterglow Vista. No, that sounds cool. Okay. Well, so I heard about this on a podcast, and then it was also on a website called weird.com and that is so like I have the there's a whole bunch of weird books for like every state like weird Maryland weird California weird Mexico weird Texas weird whatever so there's a website too okay and they have it's just like everything the guy or people who write the book they like I'm assuming they travel the United States, and then they just try and find anything that would classify under weird. And um, so I found some information on that website. I think they also do uh, Canada as well as the United States, too. Oh, yeah, so. I would imagine Canada has a lot of weird things, like the people. <laughs> <laughs> I love Canadian. No, no, weird in a good way, of course. <laughs> They do have those French fries that, like, are called... I think they're called, like, disco fries. Oh. I'm pretty sure they eat them with maple syrup. Oh, wait, no. I thought that was the ones with, like, the gravy on them and okay, stuff. Okay, maybe that's it. Maybe they I think that's a cultural too. thing. I'm, I don't know if I want to have syrup or gravy on my fries. Oh, I'm fries. okay with gravy. 
Like, if I'm, like, really, really hungry. On your french fries? Yeah, a little bit. You know, just a little, little, little dollop. That's, that's one thing that, as, as a fellow fat person, I can live without gravy. I know it's shocking, but it's true. I, I mean, I guess I could live without it, but I like it on, like, I Meh. like it on stuff. I'm a ketchup kind of gal. What about like mashed potatoes? I keep I keep it simple. No, ketchup. mashed potatoes are should just have butter, like lots and uh, lots yeah, of Yeah, I mean, or what about turkey? Like, oh, that's the dog. Sorry, he apparently does not agree. <laughs> He's not a fan of gravy. <laughs> he doesn't like gravy either. Oh my god. Anyway, Afterglow Vista. <clears throat> so John McMillan was a man that was born in 1855, and he went to college in Indiana, and he was a Freemason. And, you know, Freemasons are... Um, carpenters? No. Many, many really important people, like presidents and... Oh. and go- <laughs> <laughs> My bad. And government officials have been Freemasons, and I, I don't want to speak out of turn, but I'm pretty sure the Freemasons Society came from, like, the Knights of Templar... And, like, so there's a lot of, um, you know, secret brotherhood kind of stuff oh, going on like there. like one of those, like... Very important and influential like the, people. Like Illuminati yes. type stuff. Yes. Okay. So, like, kind of, it reminds me of, like, National Treasure, that movie with Nicolas Cage. You always love talking about that movie. That is a great <laughs> movie, and it's extremely underrated, and I like the second one just as much. Okay. Um, so, so the Freemason, so he's a Freemason... I will definitely have to Google that. I was really tempted to Google more of information about that so that I wouldn't sound like an idiot while talking about it, but we're just going to have to go past that, and this is what well, this is. Well, I thought it was a f- freaking carpenter. So. <laughs> but anyway, so he was, a, he was a Freemason and a fraternity brother, and he had a lot of important friends. Like, for example, like he was even friends with um, Teddy Roosevelt. Okay, so he knew people in high places. Yeah. So, he was a devout Methodist, and he was married, and he had four children. So, he designed the Afterglow Vista, um, and he designed and paid for it, and it's located in Roche Harbor near Vancouver Island. So, in order to get to the Afterglow Vista, you would have to walk down a path that winds through the woods, and at the end of the path is a gate with a sign that reads Afterglow Vista, which marks the entrance. So when you get there, you have to walk up three flights of stairs. Once up the stairs, you will see the the main attraction, if you will, which is um, an open air rotunda, and it's um, basically a platform with seven pillars all around in a in a circular shape. Um, but it's completely open air; like there's no roof, there's no ceiling, um, and you can see through. Through the sky. I'm sorry, what state is this? <sighs> it's near Vancouver Island, but I'm pretty sure... Oh, it's sure. Canada, <laughs> Canada, okay. No, I don't think it's in the oh. United States. I think it's I think it's in the United States, Roche Harbor. Okay. I'm sorry. Any hoozle. I'm going to pretend that I know what state it's in. I'm guessing it's in Washington. I will Google that when you are doing yours. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll do some fact checking. So just imagine like a, like a, so there's three flights of stone stairs and at okay. the top there's a platform. The platform has seven pillars and they're arranged in a circular fashion. Okay. And then it has a stone circular top, but no actual like roof roof. 
So okay. like so it's, it's completely open. open. So it's okay. Like, so it sounds pretty. They referred to it as a rotunda. Right. So, um, in the center of this stone rotunda is a large limestone table, like a literal oversized dinner table, and it's made out of limestone, and it has six stone chairs surrounding the table. So guess what this really is? Is it like where they meet for their uh, secret society? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is their family tomb. What? So that's where they all were buried. That's where the Macmillan family plus one. In the pillars or underneath? In the table. In the chairs. What? <laughs> okay. How, how do you fit a <clears throat> body into the... So, this, this is where the picture will probably come in handy. This, yes. So I'll describe it even more. So what I'm describing to you now is actually the Macmillan family tomb or mausoleum that people also re commonly refer to as the Afterglow Vista. I'm assuming because of the sign, and I think that's actually what John McMillan wanted it to be referred to as. So, like I said before, this is, like, a really weird structure and idea for, like, what is essentially a gravesite. You know, most people go with the... The tombstone. The, the tombstone. <laughs> he went for old table. Box, coffin. Table and chairs. Hey, you gotta give him points for creativity. <laughs> so, John McMillan, um, he was a wealthy um, landowner... And he owned a local lime works factory um, in Roche, Har Roche Harbor. And um, he was also involved in local and state politics. So he eventually built up their natural lime deposits there. And it ended up being the largest supplier of lime for the entire West Coast at its heyday. Well, you need that lime, um, you know. I guess so. <laughs> Limestone. 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 Excuse me. Not like lime. <laughs> Not like limes. Yeah, you yeah. eat. Um, so he is very responsible for the actual town that's there. So he helped build the local hotel, ships, docks, a church, houses for all of his for his workers, and and even more in Roche Harbor. Um, at the height of the Lime Works factory, he had over eight hundred workers, and he he attributed it is said that he attributed a lot of his um, success. To his faith, being a Methodist, and his, like, personal beliefs in, like, family. Like, saying, like, family matters. So, you know, what better way to symbolize that than to have your family resting place as the dinner table? Yeah, uh, naturally. That's... I've always wanted to be in a chair. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, just... Because, like I said, like, I was really second-guessing this because... Obviously, if you're looking at it, it makes more sense. So I have to try and really, like, choose my words carefully to make sure that everybody understands, like, what it is that I'm talking about. So I'll describe it in better detail, and I'll get to, like, the weird and strange parts that... I mean, it's already kind of weird, but the parts that I, like, really don't understand about this... The, mm -hmm. part, the part that I don't get. So Afterglow... Um, uh, so it, after you get through the sign... Like I said, there's a large number of hidden and secret meanings that have been built into the actual structure itself. And these um, meanings can relate to the Knights Templar and the Freemasons and Macmillan, like, personally. So, according to, like, weirdus.com, the first steps um, have... Th the first flight of steps has only three steps. 
And those represent the ages of man, like child, adult, oh, elderly person. Cool. I don't, there's probably a much better way of saying elderly person. Um, or maybe it's Elder. ch- childhood, adulthood, and then death. I, I'm not sure. Three stages of man. So the second flight has five steps. And um, it, according to weirdus.com, says that those five steps represent both the five orders of classic architecture and the five senses. The last flight of steps has seven steps, and those represent the several liberal arts and sciences. And they also, according to this, symbolize the days of the week. Um, these are supposed to be significant to the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So the part of the tomb that is probably the part that really stands out is the main part, which which doesn't make any sense at all to me, is a large limestone table. Picture a very oversized, thick stone dinner table, and it's in the center. Okay. Um, th- according to Weird.com, they say that this symbolizes the entire Macmillan family meeting in unity over dinner. Around the table are also limestone chairs that were made for each family member with the individual family members' names written on the backs of the chairs. So there is a hollow area inside each seat, and that's where their ashes are. Oh, okay. So it's their ashes. So, like, where you would put their butt, I'm guessing is where... Or where you would put your butt is where there's, like, a hole, and that's where their ashes were entombed. Okay. Um, so So their gravestone is a giant limestone chair. That's, I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> now, do, can people actually sit in the chairs? So, we will get to that. Yes. So, around the table are seven pillars that hold up, like, the open, circular stone roof. So, imagine a roof that's just, like, the frame is the shape of a circle, but there's nothing actually covering your head. It's, like, completely yeah, yeah. open air. Um, one of the... There, so, there's seven pillars... And one of the pillars is intentionally actually broken, um, which is also symbolic. It has to do with, like, the like you know, people are faulty kind of thing. Wow. He really thought this through. Uh, he did. Yes, he did. So there is room around the chair, or around the table, for seven chairs. But there are only six. Mm. Um, <laughs> so one is missing, and the missing one is closest to the broken pillar. Wait, are there extra chairs or there's there so, needs to be an extra chair? So it when you're looking at it, you're like, oh, they forgot one. Oh, like there's I mean, an empty space. There is an empty space. So Macmillan was, was, like I said, he was a religious person. And he had one child, um, according to, to this a podcast that I like to listen to called Lore. They said that he, the child, quote unquote, left his Methodist faith. Oh, end quote. So he's shunned. So, so some people think that the missing chair is supposed to represent that son that left. That is cold. Yeah. Like, like you're Methodist. You're not like, I don't know. I, In uh, my mind, Methodist isn't like as extreme as some of the other ones. Like, I honestly wouldn't know. I mean, this was this was like almost a hundred years ago. Yeah, I mean, I guess a hundred years ago it was different. But at the same time, like you have to think there's no like. There's no, um, like, grandchildren buried here. There's no significant others buried here. It's just the... It's just the core family. Yeah. And they're meeting together in the afterlife, having dinner, 
Except for you. Yeah. <laughs> you can go out and You're back. not allowed. And you your spot's next to the broken one. Right. You don't get, <laughs> you don't get anything. So, um, besides the family, there was one other person buried here. Her name was Ada Bean. And she was the McMillan's uh, personal secretary. And <clears throat> she was um, like a governess, basically, to the children. And kind of like what our, nowadays we would call it a nanny. Mm-hmm. And so she was more like family than an employee because she was with them for so long. So after she died, she was cremated and then her ashes were put there as well. So she's one of the six, six chairs. So unfortunately, a few years ago, some, some, some people have vandalized the tomb. So if you do go there and see it now, one of the chair backs <clears throat> is like kind of like halfway there. It's uh, was almost completely removed. Um, it quotes, some people believe that... What? Excuse me, never mind. <laughs> I like, totally reread. Did you read I, the wrong I, I misread. <laughs> That if I was if I would say that it, it would not make any sense. So let me rephrase. Okay, so one of the strangest things about the Afterglow Vista is the reported supernatural sightings. Oh, I was waiting for that. Okay, so all of these sightings, according to lore, um, this really awesome folklore um, podcast that that's awesome. Um, it all started around the mid-1950s. So, for example, so as I've stated at least three times, and I did that on purpose, there is no roof. Yeah. But when it rains, visitors say that they feel no rain on them when they oh, are inside the rotunda. Those that have sat on the chairs, like you were asking, so you can yeah. sit in them, have felt uneasy and have even said that they felt hands on their body but i have to say like dude this is someone's grave site would you sit on something yeah that that can't be good karma that is rude rude i I bet a lot of people (laughs) fart in it too (laughs) just to really you would literally be sitting on someone's ashes that's disgusting creepy and And disrespectful it's very disrespectful um so there are Mostly the thing that people see is that they they see strange and unexplained lights at night. So the family home and where Ada, the, the governess, um, she had a, a cottage. It was next to that hotel that he built. So now it's been changed and there's a restaurant near there. There's a gift shop near there. And even the restaurant has reported ghostly encounters like like electronics going off and on, turning themselves on, furniture moving by itself, and even like candles lighting on their own, according okay. to Ooh. some of the staff that have worked there. And there have been sightings of a woman... Um, that they think to be a ghost and rustling sounds that are unexplained. Creepy. I know. Who do they think the woman is? So, all of these things happened around the 1950s. So, all of the sightings and and unexplained things happened around the 1950s. So, Ada, um, the governess, she died well before that. She died um, before John McMillan died. 
and she was cremated. And then, uh, according to this podcast, her ashes were put in a mason jar, which I think is a little, <laughs> lo- a little, yeah. And then they were put in like on a mantle in the business where like the I guess the son was was running the business at that time. So then they kind of just left her there and they didn't realize that she was there and they were like, oh, you know, she's there. We should put her in the family tomb, too. Well, guess when they put her in the family tomb? 1950s. In the 1950s. Oh, shit. (laughs) So they didn't see anything there until she was put there. Until she was moved. Yeah. She was like, I'm happy in my mason jar and then you put me in this... (laughs) damn chair. Well, I don't know if she was happy in the mason jar, but... I mean, they don't like to be disturbed, right? (laughs) I know, but like, maybe she just wasn't as quote-unquote a close a family member as... Yeah, she's like, now I'm stuck at dinner with my family members that are all like, hardcore Methodists, and you know, I'm just... I'd rather be alone in my mason jar. Maybe she was secretly not a Methodist. Yeah. Or maybe there was some tension with her and and the, the free... The Freemason man. I don't know. Um, John McMillan. Yeah, yeah. So I just Googled it just, just in case. Like, so Freemasons consist of, of fraternal organizations that trace their origins to local fraternities of stonemasons um, from the end of the 14th century. So the... So that's like one of those definitions... Is- that use the word in the definition. That's the degrees <laughs> of Freemasonry retain to three grades of medieval crafts guilds. Those of apprentice, journeyman, or fellow, and master mason. Huh. Huh. Yeah, so there's a, it's like a I, long... I still don't understand like what they do. I'm not quite sure what they do <laughs> Other either. Other than in a fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, we, we can follow up yeah. next, next time <laughs> after we do a little more. They're important, I guess. They're important. Yeah. But anyway, can you see this picture? I know they can't yeah, see it. But yeah. that's, that's the rotunda. So that's okay. the picture I'm gonna, I am gonna want to put on, yeah. so on it's, Facebook. And then that's the... It kind of looks like something you get married, you know. Yeah. Like, like a... It's very pretty. Pillars and just an opening. Like, it looks like it could be like a, a greenhouse or something, but just without the Without glass. walls. There's no walls. <laughs> And that's the table. Okay. So you see that there's no chair there. Yeah, it kind of looks like a fountain. From a distance, yeah. Yeah. But it's just like a circular table. I can see the gap, though, that you're talking about. And then there's just this empty space. And then, see, this chair over here was broken because some buttholes went over there and that's yeah. broke it. Well, that's, that, I just don't understand hell. that. I don't understand that, like... When people, like, mess with, like, grave sites and stuff. You gotta have a lot of confidence that nothing's coming to you Yeah, in the no afterlife. karma is coming back to you. So, Bay, what's the biggest part that you don't get about this... This whole thing? This thing. I, I would say that it's definitely gotta be the, the choice of uh, structure. The, the grave site being a table and chairs. I think that that's an interesting choice. In, and, instead of, like, a tombstone. yeah. And it's an expensive one, too. It's very elaborate. Well, They're, they had all that limestone. I guess. Um, uh, and then also the the sightings. The sightings are weird. Of the, of the of possibly Ada. 
Yes. The woman. Yes. And I'm assuming that's how you say it. It's ADA, so I can't imagine any other yeah. way that, that that would be pronounced. Yeah. But yeah, so the sightings, the, the lights and the, the hands. <laughs> <laughs> the flickering. That, to me, is so creepy. It's the, the thought of feeling someone touching that them. That is creepy. And turning around and not being able to see it. Ugh. I've, have you ever felt that, like, when you're driving, like, someone just, like... No! I've, I've felt that before, like, it just felt something on my back, and it's probably, like, my jacket, or, you know, my <laughs> hair, or something stupid, but I'm, like... Or, like, I feel something, like, on my, like, my hair, I don't know. Oh, my gosh, maybe you have, like, a ghostly driver. You have a ghostly backseat driver. You know what, driver. my grandma owned my car before me, and she gave it to me, like... Oh, my gosh! Not too long before she died. I don't, I don't know, but I don't... But you don't believe in ghosts. I don't ghosts. really believe in ghosts, like... I know that's, <gasps> now, I feel like now that I said that, it, a ghost is going to follow me around and, like, and haunt me, and I'm going to come back and be like, never mind. No, I mean. I believe. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I definitely get creeped out by ghost stories and, like, sightings and stuff, but it's just, like, I don't know. It. I think we see a lot of what we want to see and make things out of something that aren't really there. And yeah. Our imaginations can kind of take the best of us. I, t- I agree with that, but I definitely believe in ghosts. Really? Have you had any ghost experiences? I believe in most supernatural situations. Actually, when I worked my last retail job, my last Mick job before I got my, (laughs) (laughs) before I last got my real career, there would be things that would fall off the shelf. I would hear footsteps and there would just be like me alone in the store. And it was always weirding me out and I would always hear sounds and I could never tell if it was like the, the next unit over or if it was my store or whatever sometimes it's just creepy being there all by yourself are you sure like you weren't getting robbed or something (laughs) like (laughs) we did we did get robbed one time but i was not there for that no i i mean it just was like you'd be there by yourself and you just like think you saw somebody in the store and then you turn there's nobody there oh it's creepy like that's more of like a feeling and there was definitely like i remember being like in the front of the store and hearing like boom and like this like thing had just fallen off the shelf like in the back for no reason and then just hearing noises and thinking, oh, that oh, there's got to be a customer. Like, hello. And there's nobody there. Oh, it used creepy. to happen all the time. And I used to, like, spread wild rumor. Like, this place is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> and then it would grow into something way bigger. But other people were like, yeah, no, I believe you. And I'm like, okay. I don't know if it's because I was making that happen because of my wild rantings. But I certainly thought something was funky. Yeah, I definitely, like, in my apartment... I feel like my door closed or something without me doing anything. <laughs> but I think a lot of it has to do with, like, the, the air suction. Like, if somebody closes a door in another... No, I have to say, door. if I lived in your apartment, now you're going to be like, thanks, Bay. You made me feel really good about myself. But <laughs> I have to say, if I lived in your apartment, it would it would take me a while before I wasn't, like, kind of scared to be yeah. by myself. Well, especially when I'm, I'm listening to, like, murder podcasts on the way home and then... <laughs> Or watching true crime yeah. documentaries. And then I'm just, like, constantly looking around my shoulder. I'm like, man, if only I yes. had a dog or something. Yes. <laughs> like, because you're also in a building with all these strangers that you don't know. And yeah. they're in such close proximity doing God knows what in their in their room. Right. <laughs> and it's like, you and know. And you can hear footsteps and doors open, doors close. Yeah. I feel like it would take me, like, a long while before I would be like, oh, that's just... Yeah, I... like I, just Susan. I always, I always say <laughs> Susan. That I always leave the TV on just because I need that noise, like just something in the background. But that could block out the sound of someone breaking in. Thanks. Yeah. No, <laughs> See, I, I mean, told you you were gonna. I told you you were. No, gonna I do mean it. not when I'm sleeping, but, but like just 
when I'm getting ready and stuff more because yeah. it's like just I don't like the silence. It freaks me out. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like silence can be great. Yeah. But it can be scary. It can be creepy. Yeah, it's scary to me like all the time. Like if if I'm with someone and we're not talking, I'm like, oh my god, I need to think of something to say. Like you? I know, I know. <laughs> that's surprising. I know. Given how me, quiet I am. Me. It's a given. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I yeah, because I'm like, oh shoot, like I need I need to think of something like they're getting bored with me or you know but it's like they could be just like fine you know like like your husband yeah. is to- totally fine with being that's quiet. what me and my therapist discuss all the time she's like well is it possible that <laughs> uh you know that nothing could be wrong <laughs> i'm like no it's not possible I, I feel like my therapist me. and i've had that same conversation <laughs> like maybe they are upset about this maybe it's not all about you and i'm like excuse <laughs> me i'm sorry like no it is about me <laughs> I'm the cause of everything. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, All let's right. transition into my topic. I cannot wait. I, I know. I'm so excited. The, the anticipation is I, this killing is everyone. Best. This is this is my favorite part. I like listening to yours. Really? Oh, I like this so this part right Tear. before I get to find out what it is. The, the excitement. Way more exciting than actually telling mine. Really? Yeah. That's the sweetest thing. <laughs> Well, now, now I'm like... And then oh. I'm inevitably let down when go you actually F tell yourself. me what the Go F yourself. Is. Yeah, whatever. Okay. That's why you look forward to it every week, huh? huh? Yeah. Well, anyway, um, hopefully you'll like this topic this Let's week. Let's have it. Let's have it. All right. Well, you know, if you let me talk. Um, <laughs> just kidding. All right. So I am doing um, Doomsday Preppers. Oh. <laughs> Did you ever see that episode of Hardcore Pawn where they were, like, buying, like, chainsaws and baseball bats? No. And they were like, what do you need all this stuff for in, like, the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> no, but this was inspired by a TV show. Um, it's called Doomsday Peppers oh, on National I've, Geographic. I think it, I've seen... It just came on Netflix, so we've been watching it. I think I saw it, but I didn't actually, like... Yeah. I saw it on the thing, but didn't actually watch it. Oh, my God, it. Babe, these people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get anything about this. Um, okay. no, no, but okay. So let me, let me go back for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about. Um, it's also known as survivalism. So it's basically a primarily American big shock movement of individuals <laughs> or groups. And they call themselves preppers, um, who actively prepare for emergencies, including possible disruptions in social or political order on scales from local to international. Survivalism also encompasses preparation for personal emergencies such as job loss or being stranded in the wild or under adverse weather conditions. The emphasis is on self-reliance, stockpiling supplies, and gaining survival knowledge and skills. Survivalists often acquire emergency medical and self-defense training, stockpile food and water, prepare to become self-sufficient, and build structures such as survival retreats and underground shelters that may help them survive a catastrophe. So this show, oh my god, I mean this, they must just have found the most extreme possible, because like every episode features two different preppers, Uh um... And, I mean, we're talking, like, underground bunkers. Like, it showed this one family, like, blowing up their backyard so that they could make the hole to put the little bunker oh. in. <laughs> yeah. They couldn't and just get a bulldozer? They had uh, to blow it that, up. That's not as fun. That's not as fun, Bay. Um, and then, oh, my God. And then they had, this one um, family had, like, the weird thing 
And part of what I don't get is when they get the kids involved, I think it's a little bit much. Like, yeah, because then you're, like, instilling that fear. I mean, these little kids that are, like, 10 years old are using, are learning how to shoot AK-47s, and, like, it's it's really scary, like, to me. Like, and they do these drills where this one guy hired these off-duty cops to come in (gasps) and act as, like, people that are trying to, like, you know, overtake their house or, you know, to invade their house um and with guns and they basically come and like grab the little kid and hold it no i'm sorry they grab the girl who's like a teenager they hold her hostage and then this little 10 year old comes out and she's like whatever his name is like bobby like don't drop the gun don't give him the gun bobby and then he's like looking like scared out of his mind because they've got her held at a gunpoint like fake gunpoint but and he just looks terrified and he just like gives up the gun and they're like you know, this yeah. is what you did wrong, yeah, Bobby. Exactly. They went over with the family, like, all right, this is all the things you did wrong. And then, like, they they do all these scenarios where they basically... How many times will that happen to that person? Exactly. And the part that I don't get is why, in these scenarios, like, we need to come together and not, like, treat everyone Divide. like the enemy. And I understand where they're coming from. Like, yeah, food's going to be scarce and people are going to be, like... There's probably going to be some looting, but they act like, I guess, that they're the only ones who are going to have any resources. Everyone's going to be coming at them with guns and, you know, yeah. trying to break down their house. And well, that's possible. If they really were the last people left with resources, like, people get animalistic in situations like that. Yeah. It's the worst of the worst. Yeah, but I mean... But, like, who's to say that they'll actually survive anything that actually happens? Exactly, and if... Okay, like, where are they going to get the these guns that they're going to have and, like... Well, they already have them. No, no, no. I mean, the people that are coming after them, like... Like, where are they going to get, like, guns and be breaking down the house? I don't know. And, like... I don't know. Some of the articles I was reading, like, they talked about... A lot of them cite, like, Hurricane Katrina, where, like, FEMA, you know, just kind of didn't do... Jack, shit. and I'm sure all of these people happen to be down there and experience. Right, those actually, hardships. one of them was a Katrina survivor, so she was the only one. I was like, okay, I can okay, get where I, you're I coming from. I'd be that, messed yeah. up after that. Too. I would want to prep after that as yeah. well. Yeah, um, she actually went around with a a giant like um, what do the hikers wear? Like those big backpacks? I guess they're just. Isn't it just called a backpack? Maybe I I felt I felt like there was some sort of special, it, but it's like a hiking backpack. Yeah, like she she they're lives really, in New really York. Big. In New York City, and she just goes around everywhere with it in case, like, oh, a hurricane. That's so sad. I know. And she has, like, a, you know, all these knives carrying, and she, oh, like, learns self defense. Oh, gracious. The anxiety that woman must feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of this is anxiety related. Oh, yes. Um, but, yeah. So. Preppers. Yeah. Doomsday <laughs> preppers. So, yeah. There's. I was kind of looking into this about, you know, where it started. Um, from what I understand, it, it started actually in the U.S. and then also the United Kingdom. Um, there's basically different, like, fears among these people. Like, everyone preps for their own reason. Like, that's another weird thing, like, on the show. Like, each person that they interview, they're like, well, I'm prepping for the, you know, the, the volcano <laughs> that's going to erupt. They kept talking about this. You're never going to be called. able to build that bunker that will protect you right. from the volcano. Right. And, <laughs> and then the best part is afterwards. So, okay. So they interview the people. They show all the, the crazy stuff they do. And then they rate the prepper 
on like all these different areas, <laughs> like food, water, yeah. shelter, defense. <laughs> it's kind of um, like that weddings show. Yeah, that four weddings. weddings. But and then they tell them the results. <laughs> And, like, and no one get ever pissed. gets a very... Yeah, no one ever gets a very high score. Like, it's out of 100 points, and the highest I've seen was, like, 70s. So I'm like... And then, then they tell them how long they would have based on what they have. And, like, I think the longest I saw was maybe a year, year I and a half. I think that's actually kind of good, because it's, like, a shocker reality. Like, look, yeah. dude, you're not as prepared as you think you are. You're wasting your time. And then... But they probably don't believe. They probably well, don't believe. Well, some of them were like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, yeah, you're right, I need to work on these areas. And then they'll come back, like, I guess a year or so later and see what changes they made. But then a lot of them are like, well, I, I disagree. You know, I, I think, I think yeah. we have, you know, way more. And, and you know, you, you didn't, like, take this into account and stuff, so it's like... I can totally see that. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's like, weird, because they show the fan... Like, they just stare at the the television, like, or at the screen, like, <laughs> while they're telling them the results, and it's just, like, it's just, like, really weird editing to me. Uh, my favorite episode, I think it was the first one, it was, like, this couple and their kids, and then it, like, it flashes forward to, like, you, you know, the, the follow-up, and then it's just the woman, and she's like, yeah, I just signed the divorce papers. <laughs> uh, I wanted to go over there and get my stuff, but he's got guns and stuff, and he won't let me in. Oh, my God! <laughs> he was holding all their shit hostage with with the guns. Like she needs to file some sort yeah. of claim with <laughs> Judge just Judy like, wow. and get it back. I know I would watch that episode, for sure. <laughs> but um, so it let's see, it started um, kind of around the Cold War era. Um, okay, that's kind of where it. the fear. Well, that's when began. people started building those um, bunk. Well, actually, exactly. no, that that was earlier. Than well, that. that's when they started promoting public atomic bomb shelters, yeah, fallout shelters, and they trained children with the duck and cover. Yes, um, and yes, then of course we're all the, ready for that nuclear. Yeah, that that desk is going to save us from the oh, yeah. nuclear bomb. Oh, yeah. And then the LDS church apparently directed its members to store years worth of food for themselves and their family in preparation for these um, catastrophes. Uh-huh. Um, and then the Great Depression, of course, after the, the Wall Street crash of 1929. Um, well, that definitely probably sparked a lot of... Yeah, hiding. and that's, that's cited as by survivalists as an example of the need to be prepared. Um you know, in the 60s, the devaluation of the U.S. dollar, threat of nuclear war. Uh-huh. And that's what a lot of these people um, that they interviewed said. They're like, I'm worried about there's going to be an economic collapse because the value of the dollar is going down, which I have heard. Um, but like I said, after each episode, they go over the likelihood of any of this happening. And it's always like one out of like 300,000. I mean, there were some that were like a little bit more likely, but it wasn't like, you know, 50% chance, you know, yeah. because when you're hearing them, the, the preppers talk, they really, they do know a lot about it. Like they've done a lot of research uh, so, and they're, you they're know, informed. it's scientific. I mean, these aren't stupid people. Like this one, a lot of them are into, um, I forget the technical term, but it's like, when you use, like, you use the water from, like, a fish tank, and then you use it to, like, water your plants, like, it's like a... Filtration of some sort. Yeah, some or... sort of filtrate, and it, like, recycles itself, and I thought that was really cool, and so I think we could definitely Irrigation? 
Maybe. Look at you <laughs> well, knowing know. this. I don't know. That sounds right, though. That sounds... I feel like that sounds familiar. I know irrigation has something to do with water, <laughs> but I don't know why. Basically, they... Yeah, they, they take the water, and then they feed the plants, and then the plants leak out some water, and then that feeds the fish or something. <laughs> that reminds me of some sort of nursery rhyme song. Yeah. The water feeds the plants, and the plants <laughs> feed the fish, and the fish feeds the do 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 that's a great song. You should patent that. Yeah. Um, Sing it with me, kids. And then, of course, like in the 90s, the, the Y2K like oh, phenomenon. Yeah. I remember hearing a lot about people with bunkers and like being Now, like, tell me, have me. you seen any zombie people yet? No, none of these no people mentioned zombies. zombies. That's, uh, see, because I feel like that's now a craze is that people truly do believe zombies are going to come and get us. I know. And I'm like, um, can you show me like one zombie that you know of or any evidence of this i mean the closest i can think of is like people with the bath salts and they were like eating people's faces off ew you remember i didn't hear that, that part i this knew they like, went crazy but i didn't hear about oh, I, face eating yeah oh yeah i just remember i think that happened in baltimore like i remember that was like a big i don't there know there was a lot of that down in florida i thought yeah so i could see something like that like people just taking crazy drugs and doing stuff like that but not to the point of, you know, having to go into an underground bunker. and You know, this is interesting because I saw on that Netflix show, I think it was like World's Strangest Homes. Mm -hmm. And one of the guy's homes was a literal underground bunker. And it was like a really well-made one. So he had a pool in there. So it was, it was kind of like... Alright, we're going to his bunker. Do you remember that movie? Happens. I think it was called like Blast from the Past with Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, and I never is saw it, it. Brendan Fraser? I think so. The guy from The Mummy? Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was like that. So Or like if you liked like PLL, Pretty Little Liars, like they had kind of like a scenario like this at the very end like where it's like... It looks like it's the outside, but it's all fake. It's like fake trees and fake grass and the fake outside of a house. And there's like a pool and like the walls are painted like you're outside, yeah. but it's truly a bunker. Like in the, and that, that is where he lives. Like he lives underground. There is no structure above the ground. It's yeah. just that. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, if I'm going to live in a bunker, it better be a damn good one. Um, but um, there was the... Obviously, in 2001, the 9-11 attacks, that caused a lot of um, worry and, you know, just just all over anxiety about um, terrorists. And, yeah, I think that was definitely some of the preppers they interviewed were worried about terrorists or some sort of nuclear bomb or something. Um, and a random fact, this is kind of depressing, I guess, but the... <laughs> The, um, the, the shooter from Sandy Hook, his mom was a Aww. survivalist. Really? Yeah. Is that perhaps maybe where he well, got the gun knowledge? Well, that's what I kept knowledge? thinking. Like, I remember, like, seeing these little kids shooting these, these big-ass weapons, um, mostly guns. Some of them were, like, into archery and stuff. But I, I saw them shooting these, and, and I remember thinking, like, these kids are going to be school shooters, like, because they're going to... Well, not necessarily, but it's definitely a, a big... It's extreme. When, But when you're taught to, like, constantly... I mean, it's good to that be fear. aware, but, yeah, to, to treat and everyone... Distrust. Yeah, and treat everyone like the enemy. It's just... It's not... It's not good. So, um, like I said, each... 
each prepper has their own little scenario that they're worried about. Um, so um, they kind of divided up the different types of scenarios. Um, wilderness scenarios is one, and that's like plane crashes, shipwrecks, being lost in the woods. Um, and they go by the rule of three, which is humans can survive three minutes without air, three yeah. hours without shelter, three days without water, and three weeks without food. I'm sorry, I can't survive a day without three food. Three weeks, <laughs> my God. I know, isn't that crazy? I thought it was supposed to be seven. I, I think uh, water's the the bigger deal, but that's, yeah, that seems like a lot. Um, But, I mean, these are all good things to know, like... And then there's um, self-defense scenarios where you, they're big on using martial arts, weapons, usually Mm -hmm. firearms, big shock, and they use what's called the OODA loop, which means observe, observe, orient, decide, and act. Okay. I guess when you're assessing the situation. OODA loop. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It sounds like uh, the next Fruit Loops or something. (laughs) OODA loops. (laughs) (laughs) Learn how to to defend off the enemy while enjoying your morning cereal. (laughs) And then, of course, natural disasters, hurricanes, floods, wildfires. Then there's, like, prolonged natural disasters where, like, you know, weather cycles of two to ten years, which can cause crop failure. Yeah. The biochem scenarios, which I guess maybe goes into the zombie zombie thing, you know. I don't know. Um, Those tend to be into the, the, the full mask respirators. I remember when remember when the swine flu was a big deal? Yes. Was it swine flu? What was when we were in college? Or was that swine the flu. Okay. I remember seeing someone on campus wearing one of those, but I think I hope he was doing it as a joke. <laughs> I mean it was a full on I like mean, it was if a that's full not on attention seeking behavior. Yeah. I don't know what I it mean, is. like you're on college campus, man. <laughs> I mean I remember there was, I don't know. It was, was all like, over the yeah. news. It was like... And now it's like you don't hear about it. Um, no, because it's gone. We yeah, sure we're have. cured. We're cured. And like, what was the other one not too long ago? Um, H1N1? Well, there was that Bovine? one. <sighs> Bovine? I don't know. I don't remember. There was one that was not... Well, there was... E- Ebola. Was it Ebola? Yeah. 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 And then, damn it, there's one, there's one other one. Maybe it was a Well, now those measles are coming back. Well, it's the anti-vaxxers. Thanks, guys. I know. We appreciate it. I am so very glad that I got my my vaccine. I know, right? I know. But, mm, I'm just worried about these other kids that aren't getting it. I know, I know. Um, Anyway, there's also um, people that have, like, biblical... um, reasons like they believe in the end of days and oh yeah that's the the, what is it the rapture (laughs) and then a lot of people believe that like we're gonna run out of oil Um, what was it 2002 2002 came and went (laughs) (laughs) they even made a john cusack movie (laughs) oh yeah no 2012 Oh. That was the Mayans, yeah. They, uh, they do talk about that. Oh, 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 I thought it was um, 2002. Yeah. Whoops, I was off by 10 yeah, years. Yeah, come on, get with it. I would have been there waiting was this, for I doubt, 10 years. I, I got this song about it, too. It's called 2000, 2012. Oh, I know. Is it like B.O.B.? I don't remember who it was. Or it's like, we're going to party like it's the two, end of the world yeah, or like something. Yeah, like it's 2012. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now I'm like, man, I totally forgot about that. Huh? <laughs> That Mayan calendar must have been off by at least a, at least five whole years. Yeah. Now, I, I, you know, 
again, like, I like these topics because I'm, like, kind of, like, I see both sides and I'm, like, very torn, like, part, because, and some of them say, well, like, you guys make fun of us now, but you would be turning to us if any of this really happens. Yeah, when they don't even last a year. Right. And I'm, like, and I think somebody else brought up a good point when I was talking to them about it, like, would you even want to survive at that point? Yeah, I hope that mine is quick. Yeah. Let, just take me, Lord. Right. Take me now. Right. I Make don't it... want to, like, die slowly. Yeah. Unless Starvation. I'm, like, mm. unless I'm, like, in The Walking Dead, I'm, like, the people who are living cushy in Alexandria. I don't want to be a part <laughs> of this. Yeah, exactly. Like, oof. I mean, congratulations, you're the last person to survive. It's, it's like that, what's the one with, um, Will Smith? And he's, oh, I Am Legend. Yeah. Like, Ugh. Does that look like fun to you? Part with the dog. Why do you gotta bring that up? <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> well, that's a book too. And I think a lot of these people kind of like see these movies and read these books. And yeah, and that kinda... probably has a big part to do with the 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 craze or I don't know craze, but the popularity factor. You know, books and media and. Um, YouTube and, you know, TV shows like The Walking Dead where people can see, oh, look how successful they were lasting on their own. Right. We can do that, too. Right, exactly. No, I like, have I to say... Like, I want to be badass with a gun. I have to say, I don't think that there's anything wrong with being able to, like, survive in the wild. Like, basic skills. No, like that's good. Like, making Girl Scout, a fire, Scout type making thing. a lean-to, learning which plants you can eat. I think that it would be great if we could be more self-sustainable, like yeah. learn how to grow our own food or something like that. But the reality is, I think so many of us, myself included, are just too reliant on technology to yeah. be able to um, force ourselves to live in that. And we're so close to everything, too. Yeah, It's kind of like... You know, if you're an overeater or if you're a drug addict or a smoker, like think how hard it is for them to quit because it's everywhere. Yeah. It's so close. So if you want to I mean, to I, barely, train, I barely train... get up out of my, you know, apartment. To, <laughs> like, it's like Uber Eats. Okay. <laughs> if you wanted to try and train yourself in these things, I feel like you would already kind of need to have access to areas with limited resources or yeah. natural elements or like you said, a, a bunker. Well, these people do, they have, like, a lot of these people have what they call a bug out, like, house. Like, they have their, they buy, like, separate housing. Like, this one guy, like, he, like, I think he sold all his furniture in his house so he could buy a separate house that was in this remote location so that he could have, like, a, like a, a house to go Who's to. Who's to say he even makes it there? Yeah, well, they, they've got a little... I mean, think about what happened, was it in Houston? Me, they do the drills. Was it in Houston when they had the, was it Houston where they had the, 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 the massive flooding because of the hurricane? Yeah. And it was all those people who ended up dying on the highway because, or no, that was in Florida because they ran, it was so hot and they were, the, tr- the amount of traffic <sighs> and then they got overheated and then they died Oof. because they were stuck in traffic for hours and hours yeah. and hours well, so, in their hot car. Yeah, and some of these people, the ones that are, like, really into it, they will map out, like, different directions. I'm sure they will. Yeah. Uh, they've I got it all covered. I can imagine what kind of car they own. This is my um, tank R- over here. RV. RV. Call him a tank Hank. This is Hank the Tank. <laughs> yeah. And he gets me to and from work every day. <laughs> <laughs> it was between this or, or marrying my wife, so, uh, you know, she had to go. Well, those, those people definitely didn't make it. They got a divorce already. Well, this one guy purposely, he was like, yeah, I'm getting married because it's, you know, survivalism. It's better to have a wife. Like. Why? I don't know. Well, company. Yeah. 
But also, like... They have to repopulate the world. Yeah, maybe that's why. <laughs> He's got to have someone to cook and clean It's like for. flowers in the attic there. It's going to happen with your children. <laughs> right. No, but, like, and the other thing is, like, with Hurricane Katrina, like, I remember hearing about, like, what they call the Cajun Navy, which is, like, people with boats that would come and rescue yep. other people. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's what I think would really help us is if we had people that were willing to help other people. Well, see, that's great. And I think that's, I like, that's the first wave. Idealist. When we get to the third yeah. <laughs> or fourth wave, that's when the reality comes that's and niceness goes out yeah. the window. You're, like, hitting people off with the oar of your boat. I get think away that from me. the more and more your resources deplete yeah, and the more and more people are starving, uncomfortable, and crazy, that's when, um, that's when the, the kindness leaves. Yeah, but I think if we get to pull together, we can put our resources yeah. together. But like, I see what you're saying. Do you remember, I don't know if you've seen the fire documentary. Yes. Amazing. Oh my god. Amazing. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful hour I, and a half I didn't understand what people, I was like, it sounded they so were, stupid, but when I saw it, I was like. When they were I talking about how it, nighttime hit, and they're, sit, they're sleeping in those quote-unquote yeah. bungalows, but they were really like hurricane relief tents. Right. And people were going nuts. And the one guy was talking about how they, like, peed on other beds and other surrounding tents so that no one would sleep near them. I was like, really? Literally marking their territory. I was like, why? I mean, I get wanting to, to be safe, wanting to secure your area, not wanting to go to sleep because you were nervous about what was going to happen because there was really no security. Like, you you could have easily, but people could steal stuff from you, whatever, in the mm -hmm. middle of the night if you were falling asleep. But, like, why are you going to make it worse for somebody else? Your situation already sucks. Yeah. And then your first initial thought is, let's make this worse for someone else so they don't come and get well, me. But, I, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, when people panic and, and get... It brings out the worst in them. Yeah, it does. Or it's like when pe when there's, like, an opening of a, of a new product somewhere and there's, like, that long line of people trample each other trying to get to it yeah. or fight each other and over... Yeah, people have died doing that, yeah. too. Yeah, it's, it's scary. But, I mean, I think in... In those kind of, like, disasters, like, you see the worst in people and you see the best in people. This is true. Um, but, yeah. So, it's like, you know, I get where they're where they're coming from. But, so, of course, I, I wanted to look into, like, the, the psychology behind the prepping. Um, and one article was saying, this is a, by a neuroscientist in the Scientific American blog. They were saying that um, preppers actually find comfort in knowing the end is near. Because people would rather know something bad is going to happen than not being sure if it's going to happen or not. Uh. Um, and, like, they even found in some study that if even if an event is painful, even, like, some electric shock, once it becomes predictable, we automatically relax. So it's like, you know, even if I'm going to get, like, you know... I'm going to stub my toe every, every Friday. Like, at least I know it's going to be Friday. Like, it's not going to be Thursday or, you know, Monday. Because then you're like, it's going to happen now. It's going to happen now. Or like, um, like, do you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? Eh. You know how they had this slap bet? No. Okay. Well, anyway, they, um, <laughs> two of the characters, uh, I'm blanking on, Bar Barney and, um, the other guy, I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, they they had a, a bet, and whoever lost um, had would get slapped in the face five times, and five. So he had a choice. He could either choose to get slapped in the face um, like five times in a row, or have them like randomly like get the get the slap randomly like unexpected, and 
either he or the other guy chose like t- for it to be random. So he was constantly like they he would mess with Barney all the time and like like wind up his his uh, hand like he was gonna slap him and then he's like oh never mind and then so he was just like he just like went crazy after a while because he was just waiting to be slapped all the time. So it, I don't know, it just kind of reminded me of that. That's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, and then they talked about how a lot of religions um, actually uh-huh. kind of started with op- apocalyptic movements, Christianity, uh-huh. Islam, um, and even like secular ideologies like Marxism and Nazism were founded on... Um, yeah, know, because this like of... this, it, it's all about like this life is in preparation for the next. yeah. So that um, makes sense. And today, about 41% of Americans believe that Jesus will either definitely or probably return by 2050. Um, and That's me- in our lifetime. And several numbers uh, of Muslims expect the world to end in their lifetimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's from um, Phil Torres, who wrote a book called The End of... The End, What Religion and Science Tell Us About the Apocalypse. Huh. So I thought that was interesting. Um... Let's see. Armageddon's tend to attract certain people, usually those who feel marginalized, um, <clears throat> as an expression of discontent and hope for a better future. Um, to religious doomsayers, an apocalypse would bring a paradise to earth or their soul forever to heaven. Um, so I guess that's where, like, also the comfort comes in. Like, well, I'm going to heaven. I did everything right. Um, and then those who are not religious, uh, preparing for the worst is a way to distract from anxiety and vulnerability of daily life. Um, after it says, after all, if you're doing something, at least you're not helpless. So it's like, you know, when you're, when you have a preparation, you're, you're ready and you're not gonna, it's, goes back to the control thing. Uh Uh-huh. Um, to me, like, and just based on kind of what I saw on the show, like, now there were there were like different races or uh, ethnicities were included, but I feel like it's generally like a white male type thing, <laughs> um, and I feel like there's some level was, of, like there was not a statistic that you found. No, no, this is just my own kind of observations, but I feel like um, I feel like it's maybe a level of like like none of them said this, but like they're worried about like you know. Like, some sort of a race uh, war. Uh, like, it's like this fear of loss of privilege. Like. Uh, yep. And, um. Oh, no. And I really think a lot of this comes from the NRA creating a culture of fear. Mm-hmm. And teaching us that the government can, can't be trusted mm-hmm. to protect us. So we have to buy guns and protect mm-hmm. ourselves. Like and the militia movement, yeah. Exactly. And I think that's where a lot of this comes from. And it's like, yeah, don't trust anyone else. They're all to get you. Learn how to shoot people there's and you'll be safe. Yeah, there's definitely an increase of fear that, like, that people will be taken over. Will yeah. Control. I mean, that's how the Second Amendment, like, came to be. Was it was because It was because of militias were necessary at yeah. the time. Because that was literally... Right. That was the... Armed forces. Right. We didn't <laughs> have what we have now. When we were going up against the king, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, like, the Civil War. I mean, that's, like, what it was like. Right. And, yeah, it was like, okay, you've got to protect yourself. You can't rely on any government to to help you. I mean, there wasn't much of one. Um, and I think a lot of it also comes from um, anxiety and maybe some OCD. Yeah, and, like, childhood. We, yeah, like, we talked about, like, a sense of like loss of control. Um, but I also think there's a level of like fantasy 
like, to me, like, if you watch some of these, like, role, when they were doing the preparedness and the drills, like, it was, like, it felt like they were, like, reenacting a video game or something. Like, I felt like they kind of, like, got an adrenaline rush from doing it. And it was almost, like, the closest you could get to, like, role-playing with, but, like, telling <clears throat> yourself, like, you're gonna need it in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it also kind of ties into, like, this idea of, like, being the hero. Mm. Um, like, I think these people want to feel, like, it's kind of, like, I guess, a level of narcissism, like, where you think you're gonna be the, the last man standing and that everyone's gonna be coming to you and trying to kill you for your food and you have to, like, save your family and fight everyone off and... I don't know, it's just... Hero or victim, per se? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. In one. Um, but yeah, so that's just, like, kind of how I saw it. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, like, this... Um, just this weird, like, idea. It's a subculture. Yeah. And, I mean, these people just... they It becomes their lives, and comes who they are and then the family almost always goes along with it just because like they're just like oh that's yeah that's what dad does <laughs> you know um so yeah I thought it was interesting but I think also I I do remember like there is something to like the more you rehearse stuff the the more you like likely you are to be able to go through with it uh-huh. when the actual emergency comes so uh-huh. I think there is something to like I think we need to have drills for like you know like we have fire drills and stuff like that like, you need to have a plan for, like, certain things with your family and stuff. Like, okay, if there's a fire, like, where's the family going to go? Where are we going to meet? And, like, maybe do that every so often. But to have, to prepare yourself, like, you know, to go to this extent where you're like, all right, once a week we're going to pretend like there's, we're going to have a, an off-duty police officer come and attack <laughs> us. And we're going to, you know, you know, shoot a, oh, oh my God, I forgot this one part, this... He, this guy made his kid, um, like, uh, kill a goat, and then they ate it. Ew. Yeah, when they're like, oh, and then this, sorry, it keeps coming back to me, and then this other dad made his son's, um, he killed a, he, he killed a mouse, and then he, he had his sons eat it. Ew. They, like, put it on the fire, and the son, he's like, oh, who wants to try they, it? At least they cooked it. Okay. Yeah, but he's like, and then one kid's like, me, and then he's like... <laughs> Yeah, and then another kid was, like, eating worms, so, um... <laughs> yummy! But, yeah, sorry, that was just some, like, random parts that I that I remember, so... Um, anyway, and, you know, as Americans, we tend to keep... Take things to, like, the, the furthest possible mm-hmm. extent that we, that we can, and to the extreme, so... I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe, um, I'm just, you know, looking stupid, and one day I'm gonna be running to these people <laughs> at the bunkers, so... Well, at least we'll have these these podcast episodes that someone a hundred years can now. They're gonna be like, listen to these weirdos. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, what? What is this? Well, stuff they're talking about. I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a good time trying to come up with what this episode title should be. Do you guys? (laughs) Do you guys have any uh, prepping that you do? We are so unprepared. It's not even funny. (laughs) We have one flashlight. Well, it works now that we know. Well, I'm going to prepare to edit this episode. And uh, that's all I can do. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> I, I guess, are, are you saying it's over? <laughs> oh, I thought you were. I thought you were done. Yeah, I mean, I was just, we were just having a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, because we had that really big conversation in between our topics. I thought we'd keep it short. That's fine. (laughs) Whatever you want to do. Are you prepping for anything? Um, no. I I did get a, um, it's like this thing that'll cut open your seatbelt and break your window. My aunt gave one of those to every single person in my family. I kept seeing, like, things (laughs) for Facebook. You bought one? Well, I got one for my boyfriend because I knew he would like it. But then it was, like, cheaper to get three than, like, to get one. So I was like, oh, I'll just get three. So, <laughs> I guess well, I'll Well, I lost mine, so you can give me give me one if you want for a gift. Sure. That'll be my birthday gift. That's going to be... You're going to be so excited. I will be. I can't <laughs> wait to be able to... You can, like, cut your seatbelt. You can, like, poke out the, yeah. the airbag. And then you can break the you glass. You break the window. <laughs> I bet it doesn't work. I bet, I bet you it doesn't. We're screwed. (laughs) But other than that, that's like all I have. Yep. At least you got that. Yep. That's about it. Well, well, it's, it's been, it's been great. It's been fun folks. So we will see you again in, in two weeks and feel free to send us emails, thoughts and comments and concerns. The part I don't get at gmail.com or like us on Facebook. This is the part I don't get. Oh yeah. We should have the picture of the, the Afterglow Rotunda. Vista up there sometime soon. All right. See ya. Bye.